The Sons of Saturday podcast is brought to you by our friends at Main Street Pharmacy. Located right on Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia, Main Street Pharmacy is proudly owned by a Hokie family and has been a partner of this podcast since 2020. MSP offers free delivery, curbside pickup, and vaccinations as well. If you are a student or resident in the Blacksburg area, you can always trust that at Main Street Pharmacy, you are not just a number, you are a neighbor. What's going on? Yes, it is a crossover podcast. We got Ed Williams from the Sons of Saturday Hokie Hoops pod. We got Billy Ray from Sons of Saturday. We got Pat from Sons of Saturday. And we're just going to do this off rip. We're going to do this off rip. The elephant in the room. The pond in the basement. The lake in the living room. (laughs) Pat Finn has been absent for a while. And I would like, Pat, graciously, look, listeners, you're our friends, you're our family, you're fellow Hokies, and uh, we're going to share. We're all going to sit kumbaya style, and Pat's going to update us on his life on uh, a life-changing event that recently took place. So, Pat, go ahead. Good to see you, by the way. Come on, everybody. Everybody, take a seat on the soaked sectional. (laughs) Um, So, Christmas Day, get a call. About my home. Basically what happened, we had some single-digit temps here in Charlotte, some low teens. Pipes, pipes froze. And then, pipes burst. And then, home flooded. And after that, <laughs> Pat had to move out. So, Wait, But you weren't even home. I you wasn't were, home. You were in New Jersey. I was in New Jersey. I got the call from my neighbors they were like hey pat we just saw the fire department on our ring cam uh you know townhome style condos so obviously if they're knocking on the door multiple units probably affected so uh come back to charlotte check it out and uh we're as uh i think argus filch from harry potter says uh something about we're we're in trouble aren't we and we are so uh Got my storage unit, got my Airbnb, actually got the heck out of Dodge and went to Colorado for a little bit and skied uh, as I, you know, made my adjuster appointments. But uh, that's what's going on. So you guys know Billy Ray has been uh, cross-country Bill. I'm about to be Nomad Pat uh, for the next few months, and uh, we'll see where that takes me. But I am currently boots on the ground in Charlotte. At an Airbnb. So that's the update. Uh, life is good. You know, things got damaged, but everything's replaceable. Hey, you know, sometimes you just got to get a, you got to order the shit sandwich. Everyone, everyone has their battles, you know, and it was my turn to order up. But this, we're going to put mustard and Chick-fil-A sauce on it, right? We're going to make it fun. Um, you so, know what, yeah. Pat, they do say, and this is not a water pun, but um, money can replace things but it can't replace friendships and the best chips are indeed friendships. So I'm glad that, uh, glad that you're okay. We have missed you. And, uh, thank you so much for sharing. We're, uh, we're fired up to have you. 
Gotta say, Crested Butte. Wow. That's a great place. <laughs> I'm going back there, hopefully this winter. Um, because wow. I've gotten like four texts over the past week, uh, powder day at Crested Butte. So uh the mountains are calling. They're still calling. They never really stop calling. Um, so I think it's time for some poetry. What do you guys think? I mean, you didn't only take a vacation is the wrong wet word. You didn't only take a hiatus from the podcast. Poetry took a hiatus from the podcast. I can handle it here and there, but long periods of time, you can't count on me for three, however many syllables that is. But we're glad we're glad that you're taking it back. Okay, we're just going to run this one off the dome here. Mike Vick in Seville. Great to see Hunter Couture. Back on the hoops court. There you go. That's wow. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. No rust over here. No rust. So, Ed, this is your one shining moment. March Madness alliteration. Hopefully, we're there. Hopefully, we're playing in March. Got to start winning some games. But, Ed, go ahead and give us the four one one on what went down in Charlottesville. Uh, we had a large time. I will start with that. The, the crew that made the trip, the little day trip down to Charlottesville, we had a good time despite the 10-point loss. So uh, with me, Billy Ray, my cousin Brian, we drove on down there, uh, hit some of the spots. We'll get into the Charlottesville report card here in a second. But uh, went to the game. Uh, I love that arena. John Paul Jones is an awesome place to watch college basketball. I feel like it's the perfect size um, for a good college basketball team. They can fill it. It gets really loud. And it was an awesome game. but. Uh, unfortunately, the Hokies came out on the losing end of it, as we all know. But there was a lot to like about this game. Um, and I think we'll, we'll bounce this off each other here as we go. But Virginia Tech lost by 10. <clears throat> um, Hokies lose by 10. It was kind of a bummer because it was the first time I feel like in a month that we thought they looked like themselves. So that part of it was really nice to see. And ball a lot of it was moving. It looked yeah. like you were running a competent offense. Multiple people were touching the ball. You saw off ball movement. Um, and you looked at me and you said midway through the game, you said, Hey, if the Hokies played like this for the last five or six games at worst, this team that is on the court right now is 500. Yeah. I mean, I think over the last five, the five game losing streak coming into UVA, um, I think at worst, if Hunter Couture is on the floor, they go three and two at absolute worst. So, um, you know, it's bittersweet to think about in hindsight, but there's nothing you can do, but move forward. And Mike Young had a really, really positive attitude in the postgame presser. Um, as positive, I think, as you can be or, or will see at all anywhere from a losing coach um, in a postgame. I think he was pretty excited to see his guys out there and playing Virginia Tech basketball. And um, as, as Pat alluded to in the wonderful poetry session there, Hunter Couture was back. And I think that was probably the difference maker in the offense and defensive overall outlook of the team. Um, over the five he was out versus last night in, in uh, Charlottesville. Hunter Couture makes a huge difference. Um, and in, in a loss, I still walked away from it feeling pretty good. Uh, high hopes moving forward on to you know, a tough stretch with Clemson and Duke coming up. But overall, I feel much better about this team when Hunter Couture is on it. I know Mike Young shares that sentiment. Hunter Couture finished with 11 points, six rebounds on 50% shooting. I would say if I had to step away from the game – with two positive observations other than we looked better. I want to start the conversation with Darius Maddox, who played the way we kind of have expected him to play all season. Um, Talk to us a little bit about Darius Maddox, Ed. 
He was so aggressive, which like I've, I, my frustration with Darius all year has been like, he'll come off a screen and look to get into the lane for a pull up or look to pass the ball. And last night he was coming off a screen and firing threes away with all the confidence in the world. And, you know, as a shooter, if you're confident, you're going to make it. If you start thinking about it and double clutching things like that, uh, you're making life harder on yourself for no reason. Um, he shot five of nine from the floor and three of four from three with finished with 13 points. It was the most Darius Maddox looking game we've seen all year. And it came at a really big moment against, you know, the number 10 team in the country. So hopefully he can build on that. Um, I know Mike Young talked about in the postgame, MJ Collins building off the performance he had, but I'm sure um, the thought process is the same for Darius. I mean, that was the most confident, aggressive and efficient he's been all year. And I think that's a really good sign moving forward as the schedule only stays as tough as it was. Um, so I, I, I'm really encouraged by what we saw from Darius. That was awesome, and I hope we'll see more of it. I would say the two biggest frustration points, um, one probably not as big as the second, but Grant Basile has struggled at times with bunnies and gimmies in space. Uh, he absolutely had that problem last night. Um, just a rough, rough night for Grant. But what was shocking to me was Sean Padula and why it was so surprising to me is Kihei Clark essentially Kihei Clark just showed how much it how important I guess it is to be in the college game for so long he almost outsmarted Sean Padula if we're being honest Sean Padula is way better of an athlete and in my opinion will end up being a better basketball player than Kihei Clark but Kihei Clark was taking Sean Padula off the dribble all night long um and to me that was the biggest difference in the basketball game yeah it was I heard a coach when I was like growing up playing youth ball nothing nothing crazy here but um he referenced it as like cutting off the head of the snake and I think Kihei Clark does that better than any point guard on ball defender definitely in the ACC and probably maybe even in the country of cutting off the head of that offense and you know the catalyst of the offense I think Sean Padula is that most nights for Virginia Tech. Um, he struggled offensively, but I was surprised at how hard of a time Sean had guarding Kihei. And I think you're right. You know, you play a lot of ball at this level. Uh, we've seen it with Justin Mutz. And, you know, the more you play, the game slows down. You, you know, you know what angles you need to take on both ends of the floor. And Sean just looked like he was kind of stuck in mud at times on defense last night against a guy who, in my opinion, Kihei Clark's a really good college basketball player. But He's not the most talented, but, man, is he really efficient. I mean, the, the guy is just so efficient on both ends. He finished with 20 last night, um, which is a killer when you, you know, he came into the game averaging 11. Um, Sean just had a hard time guarding him, and you know, Virginia Tech had a hard time stopping him in general. Um, and it was kind of the difference in the game. You know, Kia Clark played a really good ball game. Wrapping things up, again, Virginia Tech loses at UVA 68-78. to I wanted to bring this up before we talked about the trip to UVA in general. Um, and then we tagged Pat in with some Brent, uh, with some props for uh, Coach Pry here. But something that bothered me, and it's been bothering me over the last couple weeks, is uh, obviously we all know Rodney Rice broke his finger in, pra- in practice. He has surgery tomorrow. But these kids go through a ton of work. These kids are doing everything they can to perform at a high level and win basketball games. And we do have an amazing fan base. 95% of our fan base is awesome. They're encouraging. They're uplifting. But I'm seeing way too many bleep holes 
Gave you an opportunity to mute it if your kids are in the car. I see way too many assholes out here being jerks about it. Being, uh, you know, is this kid even real? This kid's going to leave. This kid's going to that. At the end of the day, Rodney Rice doesn't be hurt. want to be hurt. I don't want him to be hurt. Coach Young doesn't want him to be hurt. These kids read what you say. They see it. And a lot of them take it to heart. You would be surprised at how many of them take it to heart. So I and everybody on here extending Rodney Rice. I know this is probably a very, very trying time for him coming in with all the hype that he came in with and just having trouble getting his feet under him here. Um, but, uh, you know, there's no reason to do that. Um, I don't want to say people stop, uh, stop doing that. It actually is not difficult to not be a jerk. It requires zero effort. So uh, let's, let's work on that. Ed, UVA trip recap. Per the recommendation of our friend Bryce Chalkley, we went to Citizens Burger Bar. Dude, talked your ear off about the Minnesota Vikings. No, it was uh, Dallas. Dallas fan. Dallas. Fan. Dallas fan. That's right. That's right. He hey, there's a nice, nice gentleman at the bar right. having his whoa, burger and his whoa, beer. Whoa, 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 whoa! Don't put me in the jerk. Don't put me in the no. Jerk I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. He was a great guy. We talked about. He was asking me what the betting lines for the weekend uh, mm-hmm. were for for NFL football. Go listen to the locks of Saturday for all that information. But um, yeah, good guy. That spot looks good. We didn't eat there, but the burger that he got looked really good. Then we head down to Jack's Jack Brown's Burgers, which I gotta tell you, top tier, top tier hamburger, an unbelievable hamburger. Brian had half the hamburger in his throat, and he said, "I'm gonna say something in a minute. I just gotta make sure I mean it." Takes a deep breath. of his IPA he goes I gotta tell you that's a top 20 burger and he's right he's right might be top 10 fantastic hamburger at Jack Brown's Pat do you have any do go ahead I I see the two hands in the air he's back what do we got I mean I just want to talk about Jack Brown's for a second because I know just like they're everywhere why don't we have one in Blacksburg they got one in Columbia they got one in Charlottesville they got one in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, Greenville, South Carolina. You got one at JMU. I think they have like two at JMU. I think it actually was founded uh, up around the JMU area. Might be a JMU alum. Maybe Jack Brown is a Duke grad. Nashville. Great. They have them in Nashville. That's a great point. Um, they have one in Roanoke too. It's just like, why don't we have one in Blacksburg? I think first in Maine should get one. That'd be nice. Does Blacksburg have a staple hamburger? I don't think they do. Uh, the, you can go to Sharky's and get a hamburger. They have good hamburgers, but they're not the Krabby Patty. The Krabby they're, Patty from Sharky's. But that's, that's known. That's where good play, good friends go. That's not where you go to get a burger. You know. What I, I mean? bet if we did a, I bet if we did a Twitter poll, it'd be interesting results. But the first place that pops in my mind is McAdoo's. McAdoo's for a hamburger, Dude, burgers, Mac- sandwiches, all of it. Okay. All right. Hey, no free ads. No free ads. <laughs> um, but no, fantastic hamburger from Jack Brown's. Then we headed over to Ralph's Tap House. Ralph, yes, Ralph Sampson. Ralph this Sampson. is his Tap House. And we had a great time. And I walk in and a UVA fan walks by and he goes, hey, your boy's here. And I, I don't know who this guy is, is. He's like, Mike, he's sitting over there. And I was like, okay. So I look over there. And there's an African-American gentleman sitting over there who looks nothing like Michael Vick. And I'm like, dude, that guy is hammered. Like, he has no idea what he's talking about. And then I take a couple (laughs) steps further and at another table happens to be Michael Vick at Ralph's 
enjoying himself some wings. And it was great. It was great to see him there. Look, it was a star-studded afternoon. We had Steph Curry in town. We had – it wasn't Malcolm Brogdon. I always screw them up. Who was the other guy, Ed? Ty Jerome. Ty Jerome was in town as well. Michael Vick was in town. Really, Moses cool. Moody. Moses Moody was there. Was he the one wearing like the varsity jacket type deal? No, but he was next to all those guys. Uh, I thought it was like Ronnie Turioff. I'm like, what is he doing here? <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was really, really cool. And Ralph's really cool spot. Really, really cool spot. Really enjoyed that. Shout out to Mark Zamperini from UVA for uh, the ride over to the game, taking care of the boys. Really, really appreciated that. And then we'll wrap it up with JPJ. And look, I got to say, dude, JPJ is an elite basketball viewing venue. <laughs> it is a great place to watch basketball. It's loud. The fans are into it. Uh, there were 13,600 people in attendance. They do this, a couple of cool things. They do this weird, like, Seminole shop thing um, before the game. Not really sure what that is. But it was pretty cool. They got the whole stadium to do it. You had 100%. Look, I'm for traditions with 100% participation, except the wave. So that was cool. Um, they did like a ribbon throw. They had ribbons in the stands. They threw them when they got their first basket. I will say the safety school chant at the end of the game, kind of whack, not just because it's UVA. When we used to play Bergen Catholic in New Jersey, they used to do a, it's all right. It's okay. You'll work for us someday. It's, it's not classless. It is actually classist. We don't like that. Don't need that. It's basketball. We don't need that. And I'm sure there are plenty of people who prefer to go to one school over the other. Pat, I know you have thoughts, dude. I know you have thoughts. <laughs> you saw me unmute, didn't uh, you? Yeah. Like, I just I just think so many people in that building who applied to UVA probably didn't apply to Tech, and so many people in any given Saturday night in Castle Coliseum didn't apply to UVA. It's just a, it's a different breed of person. I'm just going to say it. They are different than us. We are different from them. That does not make one uh, school or one group of people better than the other. We're all better. To quote Phil Weston in Kicking and Screaming, we're all better different in a different but better way. Um, but the safety school thing, I don't know, man. I don't I don't know how I feel about that. That's, that's I, I think I think like 20 years ago, maybe, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but maybe like 20 years ago, there was more of a um, overlap of people in the state of Virginia who applied to both because of, you know, the whole in-state thing. But I think you're spot on, Pat. I think it's different types of people. And that's probably where some of the contention arises. It's people who just don't like the same things in life. And probably you're right. I mean, like I, I, I wouldn't have gotten in there anyway, but there's no shot that I would have applied to UVA versus tech or like no, people want one or the other. Um, Look, some people want a Jack Brown's burger and some people want to win football games. Okay. And they apply to the school that checks that box and, and that's what they do. So I will say to build on the, the JPJ, I wanted to talk about this. What's awesome about that place is one, it's like the perfect size for a basketball arena. Like I love how small and intimate castle is. It's a great place to watch basketball games on the flip side, Billy, me and you went to the Xfinity center at Maryland earlier in the year. And it's way too big. Like, They'd have to be the number one team in the country every single year to fill it on any given night. That place is huge. Whereas JPJ is like the perfect size where it's not too big, where you can't fill it. But when it is full, man, it is loud. And on the JPJ note, they get awesome concerts there. I was about to say it. 
Dude, we were in we were in a uh, Jack Browns and incoming uh, incoming Pat Finn eye roll. I look over at the wall, and guess what? Mount Joy is coming to play in Charlottesville at JPJ. No, no, not at JPJ. Kenny at the Chesney. Ting at the Ting Pavilion, but yes, Kenny Chesney is playing. Okay, at JPJ. so in a couple of years, Zach Bryan is playing at JPJ. So they have. You're telling me. You're telling me Charlottesville has multiple venues that these big time artists are coming in. Man, I think. Geography is everything in in, uh, in this game of life here. Sometimes you just get dealt the bad hand, man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the Blue Ridge Mountains and I love the Southwest Virginia. So we, I would love to figure out some sort of venue thing, though. That's a good point. We got to find a way to attract to attract some of these artists. I mean, how cool would it be to be on campus and be like, "Yo, are you going to the Kenny Chesney show? Nah, man, I'm going to the Sturgill Stimson show next weekend." You know, we don't have we don't have any of that. Jackson would be doing backflips, but I don't think Jackson would necessarily fit in at UVA. Um, but hey, you know, it is what it is. Um, we're about to move on to football, but before we do that, let's take a quick break. Hey guys, this is Ali Jennings the third wide receiver for your Virginia Tech Hokies. When I committed to Virginia Tech football, I committed to the best. That's why I chose Harvey's GM in Radford. Why settle for less when you can have the best? Go to Harvey's GM for all of your vehicle needs. Tell them Ali sent you. That's Harvey's GM, Tyler Ave in Radford, or go to their website at harveysgm.com for more info. So, turning the page over to football, Pat, early on this offseason, you and I had a couple podcasts, had a couple of tweets, had a couple of thoughts, had a couple of conversations. We were like, yo, this offseason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to see some stuff. Some stuff is need to be seen. And we've seen some stuff. So why don't you go ahead and talk about the stuff and do, do some bragging. We call this segment bragging on Brett. Let's do some, let's do some bragging. Some B.O.B., if you will. We were always talking. We were like, hey, listen, um, Coach Pry did a great job last year prior to the season. Uh, in the offseason, aside from capitalizing on the transfer portal, we know that it's a, it's a great way to get in talent uh, and talent that can play right away, whether they are a long-term fix, whether they're a Band-Aid, short-term fix. We got some wins in the portal here this offseason so far. Uh, seven guys coming in, uh, including walk-ons. Ali Jennings, we all know he tore us up uh, week one from Old Dominion. He's staying home. He's a Highland Spring Springer. He is transferring to Virginia Tech. He's going to upgrade our wide receiver room. Kyron Drones, we've talked about him, uh, quarterback from Baylor. Griffin Armstrong, who is a long snapper from Louisiana Tech, uh, walking on the football program. Daquan Felton. So we're going to have Daquan Wright and Daquan Felton uh, catching balls here this fall. He's a wide receiver from Norfolk State. Jalen Lane, another wide receiver from Middle Tennessee State. Uh, He had a great game against Miami. Uh, This past season, I know uh, one of the bigger upsets in the ACC this year was Middle Tennessee State taking the Miami Hurricanes behind the woodshed. And uh, Jalen Lane had a really good season with some good numbers. Derek Canteen, a corner from Georgia Southern, going to add some stability into our uh, DB room. 
And then uh, Basil Tootin, running back from North Carolina A&T, who also put up uh, some some serious numbers and was a uh, see a freshman All American two years ago. Freshman All American, I believe he was committed to Boston College or rumored to be going to Boston College. I, I want to just real quick. I know we're bragging on Brent. Let me let me praise Pat real quick. Amazing job with the pronunciation because I would have mailed it in. And I don't know if that's right, but you crushed it. So, well, off. yeah, I, I think, um, I think pronunciation for some of the newcomers, I know just one of them off the top of my head is Takai Heath. And I think we had mispronounced it earlier this season. Um, maybe like Takie, but Takai Heath also a member of the Highland Springs Springers high school teammate of Braylon Johnson, who uh, you guys should check out his podcast, the Cornerstone podcast. But uh, yes, to talk about Basil Tootin, he had a Georgia offer and a Florida offer out of the transfer portal. I think that gets the stamp of approval from the Sons of Saturday here. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Basil Tootin in the running back room here uh, this fall. Because it is this year. Got some great names coming in. Um, and no, I mean, again, this was probably the biggest nit that was picked. And, uh, I think we have done a phenomenal job and we still get to see what we do later on in the spring. So, um, we got, and we can talk about that, but offensive line, I think, uh, I think most of us would agree that we need some more help and more depth on the offensive line here, uh, between now and when the season starts, getting some guys out of the portal. And uh, I want to see some insurance in the linebacker room, too. want to get some more bodies in the linebacker room, some more talent in there. That is Coach Pry's uh, position that he coaches. So uh, I want to see some progress in the uh, out of the portal uh, for linebackers. Now – ND-line, ND-line. Yeah, considering – uh, I think we could use some beef across the board. Beef before, across the board, brought to you by Smithfield. <laughs> <laughs> pork across the board uh, before, i i do want to dive into the offensive line a little bit real quick but i will go over the scholarship players that have transferred out of virginia tech i know we update this weekly um but here's another update so dj harvey matthias carroll lakeem rudolph desmond mamudi armani chapman caleb smith Keyshawn artist jason brown eli adams and the most recent entry into the transfer portal Keyshawn king they will all be looking for new schools, and uh, we obviously wish them the best. To the, so to the offensive line point, the offensive line stands as this. As far as guards go, we have Jesse Hansen, Caden Moore, Braylon Moore. Tackles, Parker Clements, Bob Schick, Hunter McLean. Center, Jack Hollifield, and Johnny Dixon. Of that list, three of those guys started one game and six of them have appeared in more than one game. So we don't have a ton of experience. I will say Lath Ganim, Hans, Hans Hammer, unbelievable name, and Lance Williams are all early enrollees. So hopefully we get a few of those youngsters. Like, uh, you know, I look back to guys like John McLaughlin. I look back to guys like Eric Gallo, who hopefully can contribute early. But I will end this segment with this. I trust Coach Rudolph, but he has a tremendous challenge coming up this year in terms of development, roster management, musical chairs, 
finding out, hey, like who's the third guy if two of my guys get hurt that are stepping in at X position? Do I have a player who can play guard and play tackle? Do I have a guy who knows how to play the, both of those positions from a where am I going, where am I lining up, who do I have to block standpoint? So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting, but I would say that's probably the biggest area that I'm going to be looking at this spring. Any final notes on football? We <laughs> we played the Big Ten twice this fall, and we're getting the schedule, what, on the 30th? Uh, I think January 30th or the 31st, we're doing the uh, the schedule selection show. Wonder how they're doing it this year. I know it's always kind of cheesy, um, but <laughs> Purdue, will, uh... at, Purdue at home, Rutgers on the road. Let's go 2-0 against the Big Ten. I will quickly add, because I don't know when the next time I'll be on, the big boy pod is. Um, I will give my season prediction now. The what? The big boy <laughs> podcast. You know, we got the big dogs here. Um, right. Right. Seven wins. Seven wins. And I refuse to let myself drink the Kool-Aid all summer <laughs> and talk myself into any higher. So I'm putting it on record in January. Seven wins for the Hokies. Ed, have you ever tried the Kool-Aid? Have you ever tried that nine or ten win Kool-Aid? When yeah, dude, you were, drinking that, you were drinking it last year. The Kool-Aid gives you quite the hangover. <laughs> I'm like the big red Kool-Aid man running through the wall. Um, but oh, anyway. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, we're excited about this. So this is a new segment. And Pat and I were kicking this around. And we're like, look. A lot of these podcasts are doing like Mount Rushmore's. We should do a Mount Rushmore. And then, of course, in typical Sons of Saturday fashion, we're like, dude, we got to think of something better. But what do we have around Virginia Tech that has a number? Are we going to do H-O-K-I-E-S? We're not playing Hangman. Are we going to do Dragon's Tooth? No. We need more than two. So what do we do? We settle on the Pylon Snake Draft, named after the Pylons of Virginia Tech, where we are going to come on every single podcast and snake draft a specific thing with the guest. Now, since we have three, we have eight. Eight does not divide into three. That's math. So we added a bonus draft. It's for the Cenotaph which I did spell correctly on the document, which blew Pat away. But wait, go ahead, Pat. Before we, before we jump into it, can you name all eight pylons? I'm going to try. Duty, service, honor, respect. No, (laughs) respect. (laughs) Dude, you're doing so well. Duty, honor, duty, honor, service. Is honesty one? No. Oot prosum? Yes. Ooh! Four. I'm halfway there, dude. Um, this is so bad for my for my my uh can you guys bail me out? Can I phone shot, a phone? Shot in the dark is like faith one of them? No. Alright, Pat, you have to you gotta finish it. <laughs> it's uh Brotherhood, leadership, loyalty, service, sacrifice, honor, duty, oot prosum. Dude. Orientation leader Pat always holding it down 
for the boys. What's and a hokey Pat is? <laughs> gobble. <laughs> gobble. Gobble, gobble. Um, so we decided for the first one, our snake draft is going to be places in the New River Valley. No, you can't say Lane Stadium. No, you can't say Castle Coliseum. We you can't we say anything on campus. Yeah, we, we tried to go outside of Virginia Tech. And thank God, Carly Williams did a great job. She helped us pick the names. I, I wrote them on post notes, turned them over to make sure that there was no inside jobs going on here. Um, and we're actually, coincidentally enough, uh, she does pick her husband, Ed Williams, and uh, Ed will go first. Favorite places in the New River Valley, Edward. All right, so I will go first, and this one has. I, I know. I just told you you were going to go first. <laughs> Thanks. This one has some connections to uh, Virginia Tech, but also to my prior college that I went to freshman year, Ferrum College, also in the NRV. I'm going to go with the Harvester Performance Center in Rocky Mount, Virginia. If you don't know what that is, it's a little tiny performance center in Rocky Mount that gets like pretty awesome acts all the time. So who's played there? Um, I have only been to, actually I haven't been to any concerts there. My mom has been to multiple. <laughs> but there are good people that go there. I wanted to go see Drake White there last year. If you don't know who Drake White is, he's like a middle level um country artist who also does a lot of writing in Nashville for some of the bigger artists. But I tried to go see him last year and couldn't make it happen. So I'm hoping to see him if he comes back there this year. But it's a really cool spot in little downtown Rocky Mount, Virginia. I love all the little towns in the New River Valley that just pop up out of the mountains, it feels like. So if you know me, you know what my number one pick is going to be. <laughs> my number one pick is New River Junction. I sit my ass on a tube. I bring a couple of uh, twisted teas, maybe a Bud Light, some some blue yummies. When was the last time you did this? You were talking, <laughs> talking about this on the podcast maybe two dozen times. And I, ever since I have known you, you have not been there since I have known you. So we're going to do it this summer. That will happen. I am floating down the NR, the New River River, the New River River. I will be – don't laugh. Don't laugh. I will float down the New River River in a tube. It's going to be epic. So uh, I'm going with New River Junction first round pick. I got to tell you, if you're a student there, maybe not now because it's cold, a little nippy outside, but you, you, you got to do that. I did it a ton in college, Pat. I'm not, I, I haven't had time to go do it. Haven't had time. We'll have to do it this summer. All right. I am going to give you guys – a uncharacteristic answer. Um, I'm not much of a hiker, you know. Prefer playing golf and going to the beach if I'm outdoors and skiing. But uh, Dragon's Tooth is oh, you took mine. I did not take yours. You just happened to have the same one that I had. I did not take it. <laughs> Dragon's Tooth in my opinion, is the best hike that there is in the New River Valley area. And uh, follow up that hike with a nice meal at the home place. Is the home place still open? Or did it close? Uh, I think it closed closed after COVID. But um, I got to give it to Dragon's Tooth. Oh, it's me again. Snake draft. Yeah, can I make one point? Go ahead. I don't know if this is on anyone's list, but since you said Dragon's Tooth, it brought it up. I kind of want to go with 
the Cascades hike's a little overrated. That might ruffle some fe- feathers. I mean, we talk about the Cascades like like Niagara Falls. Like, I mean, people <laughs> literally will go to the Cascades, and it's like, dude, you walked to water falling off of a, a little hill. Like, we're not we're not uh you know we're not summoning Mount Everest. Okay, so you know I don't mean to, I do I think I do think it's cool that people fly fish that hike. No, that is super cool. That is yeah, super cool. Big. But I do think if we're if we're talking about hikes in Blacksburg, there's I'm pointing up high. There's Dragon's Tooth and there's McAfee's Knob, and then down here is the Cascades. So that's just my opinion. All right, my next pick is Clay Street Hill. Did I steal another one of yours? You look a little upset. I don't know what that is. Oh, well, if you listen to the episode with Tucker Holloway a few weeks ago, uh, he actually said he calls it, him and his friends call it The Hill. They go up to Clay Street, watch the sunset uh, up on uh, Willard Hill, Clay Street. So that's a good spot. Never been. Gonna have to gonna have to do that. Another place, or wait, is it Ed? No, it's me. Another place that I like is Rising Silos. It is a uh, brewery in Blacksburg. You want to talk about a great place to watch a sunset? Uh, Rising Silos. I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and I'll link a picture of this on uh, on the Twitter. We'll we'll, we'll we'll put some pictures up here in this segment. But uh, Rising Silos is a great place to go get a drink, hang out, uh, bring a group, Uber, Uber to the location. Hashtag sons of smart decisions, but um, it's a great place to go enjoy uh, enjoy a brew. And for my last one, it's kind of a little bit of a combo, but Floyd, Virginia. So another awesome town in the New River Valley. But on top of that, Floyd Fest every summer, if you're in summer and uh, if you're in Blacksburg in the summertime and you get off the river after drinking blue yummies, as Billy Ray calls them, um, head on down to Floyd Fest. Uh, it's pretty awesome. Uh, music festival, I guess, in the New River Valley every summertime. But then Floyd, as as it's a standalone town, is pretty awesome too. Really, a bunch of good restaurants, um, hikes, and you can get in the New River from there and float around if you want to. All kinds of cool stuff in Floyd. Have you done that? Or is this another one that you haven't done? I've been to Floyd a bunch. I used to drive from Ferrum to Blacksburg through Floyd to visit my now wife. Ever go, uh, you ever go flat footing at the Floyd Country Store? I can't say I have. Sounds like, sounds like you have a story, Pat. Flatfoot dancing at the Floyd uh, Country Store Floyd. I never got to do it. Um, not yet. Ed, you have another one, my man. Yeah, it's a state. Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that's awkward because I only had two written down. But all right, the last one I'll do then is uh, Chateau Morset, a uh, really cool winery. Um, it's wow. probably like 45 minutes from tech if you're going towards Floyd. Oh my gosh. 45 minutes, dude. It may as well be in DC. You lived, you drove across country. I don't yeah, want to hear it. Students aren't doing that. 45 minutes. I did it as a student. If you're in the wine class and you had to go visit a winery, we drove out to Chateau Morset, okay. add some other wine. Chateau Morset. Um, my last one, I'm sure there's something better, but I wasn't going to not include food on my list. And it's Mac and Bob's. Mac and Bob's is a staple. Dang, that was a good one. Mac and Bob's is a staple in Salem. It is fantastic. Ed, did we? No, I went with Griffin. Griffin and I went to your lake house. And on the way back, we went to Mac and Bob's. And no, you, me and you went there too. 
I see I'm there all the time. So West Virginia time. game, West Virginia game, we went there. That's right. That's right. So Mac and Bob's fantastic. Go get the Boston zone. Boston it's, zone. it's huge. It's like it's like offensively large. Um and it's so good. And I eat the whole thing every time and it's awesome. So for you, Roanokers, I know Al Jones is fired up about this, but <laughs> for you, uh, for you, Roanokers, man, Mac and Bob's is is, is good stuff. That's uh, another uh, small shout out to an, another awesome town in the New River Valley. I love downtown Floyd. Or not um, Floyd, um, Salem. Dude, Salem. It's where they had the witch trials. Yes. It's not actually. That was in Pennsylvania. No. <laughs> uh, I learned that because I was with, uh, coincidentally, I was with Griffin and I was like, did the witch trials happen here? And then he, he hit me. And no. <laughs> um, so that's eight. But since again, divisible four is not divisible by three. So we added the cenotaph. Pat, what is your cenotaph pick for NRV places to go? You know, I had a couple honorable mentions lined up for the Ceno special, uh, such as the Pizza Inn in Christiansburg uh, and the Gobble Stop down by McCoy off. off uh, off of Price's Fork, but I'm actually going to give it a, I'm going to give it a tie here between Cox Driving Range and the River Course. I knew there was golf. Oh, yeah. I knew golf was coming, dude. I knew the River Course was coming. River Course is great. It's a good Elite. course. Elite. Uh, it's a tough course, and uh, you'll lose a lot of balls in that river. But, Dude, uh, I shot like a 300 when me, you, and uh, and Lays and Paul Torg played. I, li- I literally probably shot a 300. Um, if you lose your ball, Billy Ray will get it as he floats by. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Aim nice for it. Um, nice done. That was fun. That was fun. Look, uh, look forward to more of that. This doesn't really fit into this. It was a debate on Twitter. I want to preface this by saying, at the end of the day, I want everybody – Look, one of the great things, coming from a single guy who is not married, one of the great things about life is getting married. Joining in sons of holy matrimony, tying the knot, okay? And I want wife and husband to enjoy that day however you want. If you want to play Gregorian chants, if you want to play Shut Up and Dance, if you want to listen to whatever at your wedding, I hope your wedding is fantastic. I'm going to speak about my wedding specifically, okay? Enter Sandman will be on the Do Not Playlist, and I'm going to give you a couple reasons why, okay? The issue is, my name is Billy Ray Mitchell. I'm from New Jersey. A lot of the people that are attending are attending my wedding if I am so lucky as to get married at some point. Some may not know what it is, and then nothing is worse. There is nothing worse. Nothing is worse. Maybe home flooding, but nothing is worse than when Enter Sandman is playing and you have half buy-in and you get that like little like bob and clap and like it's just not it's it's not what I'm looking for. It's not what I like. I hate it when people do it at tailgates. I don't like it. You know where I like to hear Lane you know where I like to hear Enter Sandman is in Lane Stadium, is in Castle Coliseum, four big games, and like there should be a quota of like one or two for any other sport to play it. That is my opinion. That's it. If you played Understand at your wedding, I bet it was awesome. I'm glad it worked out for you. For my wedding, it's on the it's on the DNP. Ed, take it away. I think it's uh I saw this debate going on on Twitter and I didn't get involved in it, but I think it's probably situational. Like we didn't do it at our wedding. Um, we had enough hokies there, obviously, that it would have probably been kind of cool. 
Um, and I've seen plenty of hokey weddings that do it and it's probably pretty cool. And they take a cool picture at the end of it with a VT flag. And it's a cool memory to have, I guess. Um, but it's very situational, right? Like I feel like if, um, depends how old you are when you're getting married. Like if you're 25 getting married to a 25 year old and all your 25 year old friends are there who just graduated from tech like three years ago, it's probably pretty fun. But yeah, I, I can, I can see both sides of this argument. For I got to sure. tell you, dude, I need to be, I need to be hammered to be jumping at a wedding to enter Sandman. Like I've been, I've been to a couple weddings and I think they played it at like two of them. And I just, I, 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 well, I I'm not going to be the ringleader of buy-in. I'm just not. I, I also don't think, like, I think I don't think a wedding that band that you hire. That is rubbing I, his face laughing, man. I'm, 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 I'm going to argue semantics. Billy Ray says, <laughs> I've been to, a, like, a couple of weddings, and Entertainment Man played at two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I, my last point on this is I don't think naturally any wedding band you hire is going to have that in their repertoire. You have to like ask for it. And if DJ, you the DJ is also not going to play it at a wedding unless you ask for it and you make it a whole Virginia tech thing mm. with probably a picture at the end. That can be cool. But I know that's general, Pat's point. You just, yeah, I, you just teed up Pat. Pat, knock it down the fairway at the river course, man. The, the, uh, the live band is definitely a hit in my opinion. You got a live band that can play. First of all, you got a live band at the wedding that's been just absolutely ripping it. Like, there's nothing I would rather hear than Enter Sandman. Um, where was I? I was at a brewery like two months ago in Charlotte, and they they were ripping Enter Sandman, just the intro, and then they turned it into Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand, and it was sick. And I was fired up. I wasn't jumping up and down, but I was fired <laughs> up. Um, my rule is the live band. If the live band can play it, then you guys put it on the playlist. Um, but I am not in, I'm, you know, my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not getting super fired up if, if, you know, they're playing understanding on the dance floor, the bride and groom are coming into it. But I do think this would be cool. Tell you know, that. you know, most weddings do the sparkler send off. Enter Sandman to send off the sparkler send off because exit light, like you you walk past all the you walk past all the fire and sparks, exit light, and then you enter the night and then you drive off. And uh I think that's pretty good. Dude, then you take her hand off to Never Neverland. Or <laughs> off to Forever Everland. Hopefully. Hopefully. So in this case. The man getting married might be the Sandman. <laughs> also, this is a this is totally off base, ultimate ultimate frequency hop here. But I know Billy Ray. Billy Ray spent most of Christmas vacation like complaining about the Hokey Birds costume. What if we were the Virginia Tech Sandmen? It'd be way worse. Way worse. But hey, it's just as I like to say, it's just my opinion. I will say this, Pat, and you'll agree. Actually, here's one more bonus thing for you. Favorite place you've heard Enter Sandman outside of a sporting event? Pat, when we were at the linebacker in South Bend. Yes. The week we played Notre Dame and we played it on the jukebox. That was an, it was a fever dream, dude. It was freaking awesome. Don't play before the game. 
Yes, don't play it at a tailgate in Blacksburg. But if you're at a road game like this upcoming this upcoming fall in Tallahassee, bet, best believe I'm throwing a couple nickels in that jukebox with inflation. It might be a couple of dollars, but we're getting that we're getting that jukebox rocking with Enter Sandman in Tallahassee. I think just to uh, just to go off of that, Enter Sandman in Tallahassee in 2018 was awesome at uh, Madison Social. If you were there, I know Ohio State and Columbus, they were ripping it um, on the jukebox as well after the game. I think it's okay at a tailgate if it's like really close to game time and you're about to go in and you're like, all right, everyone, here's shots. They're like, here's the last beer before we go in. Let's take a roadie. And then Sandman comes on and, you know, no one's jumping up and down. But, you know, it's still still getting fired up if it's, if it's for a, a big game. So not at not at three thirty for a seven o'clock kick though. Not I mean, at- I I don't know how I don't know how the flow of the day has been going. Maybe maybe <laughs> a live band is at the tailgate and they decide to uh, to play a number. Fair counter, Ed. Do you have a favorite place you've heard Enter Sandman outside of Lane Stadium or Cast Coliseum? I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I mean, it, it's so like that song is just so like the stars have to align as Pat said like you don't know where we're at in the yeah. afternoon you don't know what the vibes are like the stars have to align because it's just such a um I yeah, guess, it, powerful it be, song yeah yeah it can't just be on the playlist when it's on shuffle no I mean, no absolutely right. not it I has mean, to be like it has to be like coordinated almost there is such thing as being overstimulated and I think a lot of us who have been to hundreds of Virginia Tech events over the last you know, decade, two decades, however many, you know, have probably heard that song a lot. Um, Rick's Key West is a uh, a top place to hear Enter Sandman, by the way. Um, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Embrace debate. We're trying to get ready and better for like uh, June, July, and August because those are usually tough content months. So we're we're getting the we're getting the wheels spinning here. Let's talk a little bit about what's on tap. Shout out to the Queens of Castle and the women's basketball team. Uh, they defeated Pittsburgh 69 to 62. Super duper fired up about that. And Ashley Awusu made her return. So welcome back, Ashley Awusu. Virginia Tech is currently ranked number 12th in the country. Um, you can catch Pat and myself at the Wake Forest game at 1 p.m. The women will be taking on Wake Forest at Castle. We will be there. Surprise, surprise. We'll actually be in Blacksburg all week. Um, so looking forward to that. Wrestling. Our wrestling team is a top 10 matchup against NC State on Friday. Students, make sure you head on out there and support the wrestling team. That's a huge, huge, huge match. Um Fourth consecutive time this has been a top 10 matchup. Um, and in the history, this has included the famous Sam Lat- Latona Camacho takedown. So tune in. Big one. Big one, big one. And then a huge one as well. Men's basketball plays Clemson at 6 p.m. Saturday. We have to win. Must win. Non-negotiable. Half find a way. Ed's feeling pretty good about it. Literally, as we were leaving the arena, as we were leaving JPJ, Ed in his in his like – Kind of upset, but optimistic voice. He goes, we're going to beat Clemson on Saturday. So I hope so. I hope so. And then lastly, we do have a ticket giveaway for the Duke game. Those Duke tickets are very expensive. But the Sons of Saturday have you covered. So stay tuned for our Instagram page for an opportunity for – we're giving away not one, not two, not three, but four tickets to the Duke basketball game. 
Courtesy of, of our, our friends at First in Maine. At First in Maine. We have letters to the lunch bail coming up, but first let's take a quick break. Ed, we got some basketball-related questions here. Why don't you go ahead and uh, kick us off with the Grant Watson question? Yeah, first one came from Grant Watson. He said, will we start to see MJ Collins take more of Darius Maddox minutes? Love Maddox, but he is a liability defensively, and teams are starting to attack him. Um, I think if you asked me this question before the UVA game, I would have given you a completely different answer than I'm about to give you, but I think the answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is because Darius looked like himself again on the offensive end of the floor. Um, but on the other side of that argument, MJ Collins also probably had his most dynamic offensive game as well, knocking down a couple threes and looked very confident on the offensive end. I know Mike Young um, talked about that, MJ specifically in the post game, how, like, you know, let's build on this. Let's build on this offensive output that MJ had. So um, I think if – on nights, Darius is struggling to find his rhythm offensively. Yeah, I think you could definitely see something like that. Um, it's going to be situational too, probably. You know, it depends where we're at in the game. Um, you know, late yesterday there was a lot of MJ Collins and a, and a little bit less Darius Maddox because uh, MJ was playing better defense. And I think MJ in general will, will play better defense. He's more athletic. He's very lanky, and he rebounds the ball really well. But if Darius is shooting the ball like that, how do you take him off the floor? So. Um, I think it's going to be very situational, but I am I do think MJ ha, has continued and will continue to cement himself in that role, playing, playing some real, real minutes as a true freshman. Next one came from This Is Home, Bieberg. Ed, why do ACC refs hate, it's a strong word, Virginia Tech basketball players? Minus 46 in free throws in the last seven games. So, I mean, obviously coming off of the UVA game, that's probably what um, the catalyst for this question was. Um, you're not going to get a lot of calls against UVA, especially in Charlottesville. And we talked about this in the way home last night, Billy, but like uh, the, the comparison I had was Juan Soto in baseball. Any baseball fans know that he's kind of regarded as um, the best strike zone guy in the league. And as a result, umpires tend to give him the benefit of the doubt. Well, UVA plays such good defense and has done so for so long that I think officials will tend to give them the benefit of the doubt that they didn't foul on a possession or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So UVA alone, that's one piece of this. But then the overarching issue is why Virginia Tech doesn't get to the free throw line very much. Um, it's a combination of a couple of things. The first one I like to talk about is Mike Young's offense is so well designed and when executed correctly, um, Guys are getting good, clean, wide open looks, and if they're not wide open, it's kind of a you know a designed isolation for Keve Aluma on the block or a designed play for Justin Mutz on the block. But in general, the offense, when running at its max capacity, is so well designed that guys are getting open shots. They're not having to you know go one on one, drive into the lane, look for a foul. So it's not really an area of emphasis. But I will say, I think the staff would probably want more. Uh, attacking going towards the rim from guys like Padula, Couture, Mutz, et cetera. But uh, it's a it's a shooting emphasis offense that is designed to get really good, clean looks. And if you're getting good, clean looks, you're not going to get fouled. That's a podcast. That was a ton of fun. I enjoyed it. Pat, we missed you, man. We missed you. And we'll be back. I'm here back. 
He's back. Back. <laughs> Make sure you all check out the Queens of Castle podcast. They just had Raven Kitley join their show. On this feed, we had Braylon Johnson's first episode come out where he sat down with Zeke Wimbush. We have some awesome, awesome stuff coming up for you as well. Uh, memory Lane is something that we'll be doing. We're also doing a college football playoff. Kind of like thinking about, you know, what times would Virginia Tech have made the college football playoff if it existed 10 or 15 years ago? Probably would have been pretty cool if it did. Uh, so we're going to break that down a little bit. And uh, we're really, really looking forward to it. I will say this too. Stick with this basketball team. Stick with Rodney Rice. Courage Rodney Rice. We're all thinking of him. And we hope that he gets well soon. Aside from that, we'll talk to you soon. Go hoax. To wander, tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I know just what you're thinking Please don't let us let it sink in Trash my friend's place, wake up the next day Take a hit